All right, guys, welcome. This week's episode of Nitty Gritty, we're trying something a little new. But very intentional. So really on like purpose. That, I like that word. <laughs> so today's episode is just Cam and I, but we're going to do a financial tip and a barbecue tip. Yep. And we talk about it at the end. Normally when it's Cam and I, it's because we didn't have a guest or a guest <laughs> fell through. <laughs> we call them recaps. Yeah. Today was... We're going to use the word for the third time, and then we got to be done. Intentional. It was intentional. We wanted, people have asked about financial stuff or barbecue stuff, so we thought it would be kind of fun to get on and chat a little bit. And we're really curious to hear what your thoughts are, if you liked it, because if it's fun, then we can do this more often. Right. If we get actual questions that come in, we can address those either on the podcast or on social media. And so I'm genuinely curious if this was, if this lands, because this is going back to you and I are a couple of guys and like 90% of our listeners are women. And so like, yeah, are, are they as interested in it as we are? I think so. Cause things have changed, right? Like there are a lot of women grilling right now. Like they want to cook on the grill. Yeah. And there's a lot of women running the finances at, how, at the house. Like this, it's funny. The reason I know this one was interesting is because I wanted to keep asking you questions. So yeah. we start with finances Yep. and what's great is, we but we learned today that both of us are really dumb in the field that the other one's an expert in. And it's okay. I'm not as dumb with finances as Andrew is with me. <laughs> but it's not- we were the perfect people to ask questions for you because... It's and, and, only going up. <laughs> we can only go up. We started at the very bottom for me. <laughs> and, and I'm really glad because I'm sure there it's the same stuff that you all struggle with when you're grilling or that it keeps you from grilling at all. Totally. And, but I think there's more value in the financial part. Like I think we talk about it a little bit longer and it's really fascinating. Like Andrew's working on something that's really, really cool. And I think parents and kids need, Everyone to, hear, needs need to hear this. Yes. But I do think that this is going to spawn a lot of good questions. And we, this is one episode we really want them. Yes. So social media at Nitty Gritty Show on right. Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have a, our website, nittygrittyshow.com. So, but we need to, I'd love to hear. I yeah, hear back we, a follow-up of this would be awesome. If we get five or 10 great questions, yeah. we'll do some video responses, like at least with the grilling. Sure. Like I'm happy to do a couple little videos on steak or whatever, what to look for. Um. But, we'll have a competition yeah. between me and Cam and see who makes the better burger. <laughs> we'll do a little taste. We want to do a little blind taste <laughs> test, right? Because Andrew likes well-done meat, which is a sin. So I'm going to teach him why he shouldn't eat that. Anyway, stick with this. is a fun This is a fun episode. You'll yeah, like it. Thanks. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. <laughs> it's still weird to start these things. I just, you know, it's like, do I change it up this week? But I'm not. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We're back. We're back with a really exciting guest, Andrew Van Buren. And Cameron True. Yeah. Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> just bouncing right off of each other. So normally we do these recaps every once in a while, and I guess today's, but I guess today's not really, we wanted to structure it a little bit more. Well, it's been, I sound stupid saying it's been requested, but people have asked for like, financial tips and barbecue tips and you stop being so humble so of course they want to know our (laughs) expertise i'm a meat magician you're a financial wizard sure i like it Um, and you know it's kind of in a wizard yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, it's kind of timely because I want to talk a little bit about all this crazy stock market stuff. I think a lot of people just don't understand it, myself included. For sure. At least what I kind of, you know, I feel like I know more than the average Joe, but what a wild thing. So, so welcome. We're, it's just going to be us today. And I feel like these episodes usually turn out pretty good. Yeah. We haven't normally done them with structure. We just kind of recap, but today we'll try a little structure. Let's see how that goes. Brent, I want you to throw in questions too. What? So let's just dive right into financial tip. Do you have, do you have one or do you want me to ask? Well, you have some, I mean, I made, are you surprised? I made some notes. No, of course I'm not surprised. (laughs) I just wrote one thing down like 20 minutes ago. On some things that we could talk about. Um, because, oh, you know, I'm going to do a little spoiler alert. Okay. So partly with the podcast and what we've talked about, been working on something pretty fun that'll hopefully be launching here in a couple of months that's going to be centered around finance and literacy and education. So I've been wondering when that was. Yeah. So I have a, a partner and we've been creating, it's a pretty deep actually curriculum, like college level stuff, financial literacy for high school and college kids. Right. Because no one, I mean, just financial literacy doesn't get taught, right? Well, and it needs to, which like no one teaches it. Like you talk to, like I've talked to a ton of our guests about their kids who are in that age. And even so my partner, he's a principal and I mean, he's got the pedigree. He's Ivy league doctor, Ivy league masters. And he's a principal, he's a principal like a high school principal. He's been a principal twice. He was like the second in charge over at UVU at our local, like the biggest university in Utah. Right. You know, so he's kind of got that, like he travels all over teaching administration, but his school actually has the highest test results for like financial literacy just in, in general in the state. Weird. And so we were talking to him. So only 21 states require anything financial be taught in high school, only 21. And of those, only six require an actual class. That's crazy. So most of them say like in your history class, if you mention money, it, it like satisfies, Are it satisfies you like the financial literacy requirement. And so there's only six states that require an actual class. But then even then, if you look at the curriculum, it is so, so, so bad. Anyway, so I I, I challenge him just to ask his students some questions because he was pretty confident. Right. He's like, my students are bright. Like they do really good. And it was like super basic stuff about investing or interest or debt. And like he came back and he was like, they had no idea. Wow. I, and I was like, ask them, th- this is, this is the scariest. I was like, ask them how confident they are in making these decisions. He's like, there wasn't a single one that was confident in making decisions. And these are all graduating high school seniors, extremely smart, top, right. top of their grade. And it's just because there's no real world, real life right. education being taught. And so for about a year, we've actually been creating this curriculum. And I think we are we're like on our fifth edit. So it's, so it's done. Now we're just making it polishing. Just, it yeah. Up. Just getting it ready. But yeah, it'll, it'll be a ton of fun. So it's gotta be a conspiracy theory. What? Financial literacy. Like it's one of those things, like it's kind of the perfect segue into talking about wall street bets. It is. It's a, it's a great, because hedge funds don't want the masses to be smart. And I don't know that it's that they don't want it to. It's just, there's no, no one's teaching real stuff. So, but there's got to be some active force. Like you'd think by now that it wouldn't. It would. It would 
be there. It's like, I mean, you remember key, keyboarding class? Like, yeah. that's what it was called when I was in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. I had to take keyboarding. Uh huh. Because they knew computers were going to be a big part. This is what, 95, 96? Well, here's what's crazy. Even college, like, I talked to friends that were in finance that's not taught there. What? Like, like top name universities, just like basic financial literacy. It's just not taught. Like, they. So FINRA, who's like this governing body in the U.S., they did this, they they polled all of these Americans, like all over the places, like tens of thousands, and they asked them five basic financial questions. Like, if you have $100 and you get charged 1% interest, how much is that? 63% of people could only answer two of the five questions. So that's also a severe math issue as well, right? <laughs> holy crap well because part of financial literacy is understanding the basics of math right you know (laughs) this reminds me of a story we're in the high uintas once says not a lot to do it but this this will kind of paint the picture how i mean i was a junior in high school at this point yeah we had horses we're up in the high uintas looking for a horse that had gotten loose from some friends of ours that were hunting and i mean it was way back up there i mean it was like a 10-hour ride to get up there and I remember just asking my dad, like, like, how much further do we have to go? He goes, oh, we're probably only a quarter of the way there. And I go, well, how many more quarters are there? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm a junior in high school, and everyone just starts busting out. I'm like, what? And that's when he kind of taught me, like, all right, it's 25%. Yeah. That means there's 75% left. So how many quarters? I'm like, oh, so there's. So three quarters, yep. <laughs> oh, and then it, that that moment is when a lot of that finally clicked. You uh-huh. know, just the well, it's that, all, like when you say a percentage, it's of a hundred, right? Like that's well, that's the problem is that moment that would actually clicks. It doesn't happen, and it right. you know, and it's because, anyways, the education's not there. So, side note super excited about it. It'll be coming out. We're actually going to launch a charity with it so we can have like a scholarship program so we can sponsor kids and, you know, let kids get through the class. And we have some really, really cool partners, like big companies that want to kind of support. So it'll be like, we have organizations already like asking for the course, like colleges want to give college credit for it. So it's going to be a legit course. So, you know, you wonder, do you guys have any data on, what other benefits there are to a society for higher financial literacy. Like I would say like domestic abuse, like does that stuff drop because there's less stress on people because they know how to save money. Like I would be super fascinated to find out the residual, like positive effects uh, or like psychological effects to financial literacy. Well, it all, I mean, stress is the number one, right? So all the sure. studies are centered around that, but it's because, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm not going to be exact, but most people in America don't have $1,000 saved. That's crazy. Like most, when I say most, I mean like 60 to 70% of working adult Americans. So I need to stop feeling dumb about letting you do my finances. Yeah. Because so most, I'm way ahead of the curve. Most people have nothing and wow. they- like if most people mixed missed one paycheck, they have to file bankruptcy. One paycheck, which is why like when people talk about like the stimulus and why it's been right. hard and unemployment, like we don't realize 
how bad it is for a lot of people. For sure. You know, like the payday loan places, like there are some people that they average 11 loans a year because they just can't live. How are those places legal, by the way? What's crazy is like the best one in the state, like the best state charges 360% interest. Oh my gosh. But like approved legal, the worst one is almost 800%. But that's like their base. Like they can get worse than that depending on who you are and Isn't what you borrow. Isn't Utah like one of the friendliest states for payday loan places? I, I don't know, honestly. Because I think I hear a lot of them are like they'll nationally advertise like infomercial type things. But then you look in the small print and it always says based in Utah. So I just wondered if there was, if this place is friendlier to, I just can't like. A lot of people, there are a lot of people that use them like irresponsibly, but a lot of people honestly require them to live. Some of them because they don't have access to a bank. And so that's their only form of banking. Right. Others, life happens. Anyways, yeah, it's it's really sad. Well, no, and I, I totally get that. It's just crazy that, I mean, it's basically a company taking advantage of knowing that you can't use a bank, whether it's because you're an illegal immigrant or whatever. Well, and a lot of it, if you just did what the loan was there for, it's not that bad because it's like... If you borrowed five hundred dollars, you have two weeks to pay it back. It's going to cost you forty bucks. Like if you hear that, it's like that's not terrible. The problem is very few people actually say, pay it know. back, and so it rolls and then it rolls again, and then all of a sudden you calculate how much you've paid, and you might end up paying thousands of dollars for that five hundred dollars that you borrowed because you couldn't make rent. Right. You know what I mean. See, and that, but see, that's what, to me, that's just criminal. Like you, you shouldn't, there should be a cap on how much interest you can charge somebody because you can just ruin somebody, somebody's life Crazy. off a $500 loan. It's sad. Like I, I get there's a lot of risk, but so charge 20%. Yeah. That's a huge number. I mean, well, they, they can justify it for the level of default, right? Like, right. You I know, mean, so anyways, they probably have a lot of people not paying it back, huh? So but so our whole goal with this course though is to help people not to get to that point, right? Like you can either like what's the quote by Frederick Douglass? Like it's easier to train a child than fix a man or right. something like that. And so our goal is teach these principles so that you never get there. Cause there's so many people teaching people how to get out of debt. I mean, the debt numbers in this country are insane. But the goal with this course and that why we're aiming it not at like adults, but at kids right. is if they can learn this stuff, literally it's a life changing skill for sure. Like life changing. In fact, I heard something yesterday. They're like, if you don't come from a wealthy family, have a wealthy family come from you, which is super cool. Cause a lot, there's a lot of kids that you don't come from that. You right. never taught it. But if we can teach really basic principles and we have it in a really cool, like interactive, like we've kind of made this hybrid between like formal education and self-education. And if you can understand a few of these principles, it will change your life and all future generations for some people. It's cool. It's super cool. It's very cool. Well, cause it's just so, it just, what's the word perpetuates. Yeah. Like it, it just, it, it's just a never ending cycle. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just getting worse. And it doesn't, you don't need to make much money as a kid to like, turn that into something big down the road. Well, and just learning what to do with it. Like right. Some kids don't even know what a bank account is. So 
Well, so let's dive into this. Let's go. What's the first, what would be like if you could tell every new parent one thing that they should teach their kids to start, what, what is it? So what's funny is it all starts in the mind. It's how you look at wealth, what you define as wealth. Right. Like Tony Robbins talks about it like it is a momentum model. And in order to take and achieve a result, you have to first believe in your mind that you can achieve it. Right. And so that's what people don't want to hear. They want to hear like a tactical step. For sure. But the first thing you got to do is you have to actually rewire the brain. And our course, the first two courses are like rewiring your brain on how you look at money, how you think about it, what it's used for. Um, What's a negative? What's one of the biggest negative emotions that we've got to overcome with it? A lot of people think the wealth of money is evil. And if you make it, that means you're a bad person because you value money over relationships. I struggle. I don't struggle with that per se, but I do think that there are a lot of people that have way too much. There are a lot of people that have a ton of money. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you've got, let's use Amazon or Walmart. Like if you've got employees working for minimum wage and you're making, and you've got billions, that doesn't compute for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's where I struggle. Like I don't struggle with people being wealthy or having nice houses, nice cars, but I definitely feel like the gap is getting too big. The gap, and that that is that's that's what we're trying to solve is that wealth gap, right? Because society as a whole is good because if you look at averages, right? But there's a huge gap between those that have and those who don't right and that that's the other thing is you have to believe that you can achieve it most people because their situation like it's going to be harder for them there's no doubt you know what i mean like not everyone has the exact same everyone has the same opportunity but not the same like choice or the same path right um it's i like, would say that not everybody has the same opportunity i mean it's it's there but it's going to be harder for some people to take advantage of that that's based un- on circumstance. Right. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And so a lot of them say, well, I'll never get to that point, but here's the thing. You don't have to make a million dollars to be wealthy. Oh, 100%. Like I have some clients that literally have lived in a double wide trailer their whole life. And they're the happiest, wealthiest people in the world. Right. Right. And so it's, 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 There's no set definition. For, it's it's whatever it is to you. Correct. And whatever so, you value. And that's the thing. And so that's what you have to realize is what is it that you value? We've talked a lot about this in business, right? It's like, do I want to build this massive 20 location restaurant or do I want to build one that no. provides a fantastic life? You know, for but sure. everyone's going to look and judge right. differently. And so it's the same it's thing subjective. with money and wealth. And a lot of people confuse wealth with rich right. and the two are not the same. Yeah. You know, I think that's a huge wealth is usually point. wealth is usually things you don't see. Right. Where rich is kind of an outward expression of stuff. Yeah. Wealthy is internal and external. Uh-huh. Right. Like it's quality of life. It's money. I mean, there are a lot. I do feel like a lot of people that are loaded, loaded 
Well, it's like Wall Street. Have you ever seen the the remake, the sequel with yeah. Shia LaBeouf? I actually watched that yesterday. Oh, so you did? random. But he asked Josh Brolin, his character, like, what's your number? He goes, what do you mean, what's my number? He goes, he's like, I feel like if people have a number, it's very specific. Like, this is a number I've got to reach before I just walk away. Yeah. And he answers, more. Yeah, because it's a measuring stick. It's a unit right. of measure. It's just like, more. Like, it'll never be enough. No. And I, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you're making billion, you know, if you're in the billions, that's crazy. Like, it crazy. it's such an unfathomable amount of money. Like, to have that much, like, go to the top and then you see that gap. Because you can kind of see it in corporations. Like, yes, whoever started it, whoever's the top guy should be making quite a bit more money than everybody else but it's insane to me that you've yeah. got entry-level workers across the country and you're and there's enough money for i keep bringing up the waltons right yeah there's enough money for what there's four of them aren't there i don't know i think so there's enough money for all four of them to be to have over 10 billion and you know in the bank account it's just weird to me like so like you said, wealth is. I want pe- I want lots of people to be wealthy, but how much? How often do the rich get in the way of that? Does that make sense? No. But by rich, I mean the more people. Like I just want more, 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 more. Because who needs ten billion dollars? Well, typically those people are creating enough value. I mean, and that's what's hard. There's a whole different discussion to have on that stuff. It's, it's true. So I um, guess I it's like Bill Gates. I guess I never complain about him because I feel like the amount he donates mm-hmm. is amazing, mm-hmm. right? But well, because if they didn't have that mindset, you're not going to grow Amazon, right? You're going to stop with ten employees. Yeah, and so and so that's that's where it's hard. So I'm not. I'm not defending, I'm not picking a side. It's just, it's easy to see and it's hard to know what the true answer is because to some people, if you make $100,000, that is excessive. You don't need that much. Right. If you make a million dollars, it is more money than I could ever spend in my whole life. You know? So That's not true. I could spend a million. <laughs> It'd be pretty easy. No, and I get that. And it's funny, I have, this is kind of, I have this fight with myself all the time. Like, I lo- I'm totally for capitalism. I'm a business owner. Like, I am not against people being, I'm going to use the word, like, rich, yeah. right? Like, it's, I think it's really cool to draw that line between wealth and rich. I've never really thought about that before. But, but yeah, I mean, it just, you also have to, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I don't even know where I stand. Like, naturally, I see somebody you know, driving a Ferrari in the middle of winter in Utah. And I'm just like, what a douche. <laughs> like that is such a flex. It's like Ryan Reynolds showing up with the rented Porsche, you know, and just friends. Yeah. And it's, it's like you in the middle of winter, like that's, you don't drive a car like that in the middle of the winter. Like you're just, you're a tool, but those are also amazing machines and good for that. Like that person, probably like I met a guy who had a Lamborghini and it has been his lifelong ambition and dream to buy one of those. Yeah. And when you hear that, like good for you. That's amazing. 
But it's so easy to fall into that. So easy. What a douchebag. Like, that's that's a house on wheels. So I'll never forget, it was fresh out of college. I'd actually started a countertop resurfacing business with my brother. I remember. And I was at a trade show, and there's a guy who owned a granite company who's pretty well known, makes tons of money, and I was over just chatting with him. And this was back in the day of like the fancy jeans or like the bedazzled <laughs> jeans, right? Like the, like the big colorful stitching. Oh, what am I thinking? What's the, pockets, what's, the, what's the the true religions? True religion. Yeah. That's it. That was one with like the horseshoe pockets. Yep. In fact, I think those were the oh, jeans he had on. Those jeans were so douchey. That, those were like vivid jeans. Oh, I totally had a pair of them. Oh, uh, everybody did <laughs> for sure. But anyways, I'll never forget what he said. I mean, I was newly married, just graduated. And he was like, a lot of people will judge me because they're saying I'm spending too much money on clothes. Right. Right. And he's like, here's the way I look at it. If I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on clothes, I better be willing to give X amount of dollars away for something. Right. See, you know, and, and I, was I like, dig that. I was like, that was, that was really cool for me to hear. And it's super impactful because it's like, it's okay to have stuff, but like you have to, you know, like you have to be willing to give back and there's not right. like a percentage or a balance or whatever it is. But I remember that moment. I was like, Oh yeah. So, I mean, to your point, it's super easy to judge, but we don't know what these people are doing, you know, sure. behind closed doors and what they're doing. Now we it's can such all, human nature to judge. Uh huh. Like, we can all say, Oh, you could do more with your money. It's like, yeah, you probably could, but they've also done a thousand times more than I've ever done in my life. Right. You know, well, you just think of their, like if they're LDS, like that's the other thing, right? They're like tithing checks. Ten, like for a lot of people, they they say like you're giving ten percent of your earnings to a church. Yeah, and it's funny. Like I think a lot of LDS people, we don't even count that as our as our yeah as our philanthropy, right? Because yeah, it's just it's kind of expected. Yeah, but but that's a lot. Like if you're giving ten percent of what you're making to a charity, a charitable organization, like that's that's a big deal. So you're right. It, it it it's we're all guilty of it. The podcast has been huge for me with the uh -huh. whole judgment thing because we'll have. I mean, I've said this a hundred times, but you know, half the guests that come in here, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to this <laughs> idiot. Like, look. But then by the end of it, they're amazing people, and that's the thing. If you've gotten to the point where you have money to buy a Ferrari, like you've probably got a pretty good story. You know, you probably worked your balls off at some point. Well, I guess I shouldn't put a gender on that. I'm going to get in trouble. You worked your tail off. There you go. Right? And but yeah, so, so as far as like a tactical advice, so we teach something in our course. It's a kind of our trademark thing. It's called our cash system. It's, like, right? it's a different way of budgeting because budgeting is so negative. Everyone thinks of budgeting as you can't do this and you can't it's do that. It's so hard, right? And so we- Why is it- so, can, can I- bust in like why yeah. is it for why is it so hard for most people to budget is it just that no one likes they, being like, told what they can't do okay you know what i mean like no one likes being told what they can't do and too many people use budgeting as you have to live like you're broke and if you don't like then dieting. something's wrong with you yeah you know it's like so, all or nothing correct and so very few people actually budget successfully dice perfect thing right it only works unless you use it and so i've well, and dieting, it should be more of like a lifestyle change, right? Exactly. Like you want to feel like I'm going to lose a bunch of weight and then just gain it back because you're basically just starving yourself. It's actually worse for your body to right. do that. So, like, so I imagine financial literacy is kind of the same 
It's the same thing. thing. So like with this cash system, like it's been developed over whatever 12 years I've been doing this with people that are broke college students to people who make millions of dollars and it's right. the same system, but it's super effective. Um, and so like, that's one of the main things that we teach in this course is how do you help kids develop that? So, because you have to learn how to spend, you have to learn where your money goes. You have to be able to track, you know, it's just right. ignorance. You can't be ignorant to money. And so we have to teach kids so how to do it. So when you back up and say it's, it's a, like you have to change your mentality. Yeah. Does that mean before you can teach your kids how to do something, you've got to be in the right, like we got to change your outlook on money first? Is that why that is? Good question. Um, it's always hard to lift someone and teach someone to do something you don't do. Yeah, it's like me like telling my kids not to eat sugar. You know? And so... It's kind of hypocritical. Like, ultimately, that's why we're creating this course is so... Because this has fallen on the shoulders of parents and right. many of them don't feel like they say, can do that. You know what I mean? Like, just because people make money doesn't mean they're good with money. And that's oh, a huge sure. thing that people lose because they're like, oh, my uncle's super successful. And this is what he does. It's like, that, that, that doesn't mean that's the right thing or that doesn't mean it's going to work. And, you know, it's like, just because it worked for him doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right. Everybody has different circumstances. You know? Like medical, like you well, may even, have medical it, issues. Well, even inside like, of the same family. It, right. It's like, if I gave you, like you and I, very similar, but if I gave you my shoes to wear today, it's going to be super uncomfortable for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> very uncomfortable. You know? And so- like you can't. I mean, just, I'll take them. Of course, I would want them. The Grinches, especially. I want them too. I almost bought some yesterday. Oh, Six fifty. Yeah, but they're just so pretty. As we're talking about a financial decision. <laughs> no, I'm gonna lay someone off actually, so I can get them. <laughs> Perfect. It's totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we change. So what is the tactical? Because because I think you're right. If and that may be the hardest thing that you have to overcome. That's why it's so cool that you're going to get it into schools as curriculum because you don't have to change, you know, because parents, it's like you say, kids don't have the stresses of, a lot like, of them. I can't save this much money because it's a risk or I can't have that. Like Correct. kids, it's they just like, a it it's like a language, right? Correct. Kids can learn languages so much easier than adults. And it's, it's like those immersion schools, right? Yeah. So we're hoping that it's a similar type of thing to where I mean, they, they, they grow up and the purpose of the course. So, so there's three main things you're going to get. I mean, so there's two ways to talk about it. Every, every successful business, financial, anything has a strategy, a structure and a way to be accountable. Right. Those three things, strategy, structure, accountability. If you don't have those three things, it's not going to work. Right. So with our course, the goal is we're going to provide these kids with this strategy that's going to get them this competitive advantage. It's going to give them a head start, basically, because if they do it, they will be miles ahead of anyone who hasn't taken the course. For sure. And because the second thing that we have is we have these foundational pieces, this structure that we've developed between myself and my partner that brings finance and like academia together. And so there's really, really tactical. Here's your step by step one, two, three on all of these major topics, but not just like for education sense, like not just to pass a test. Like we're not going to give you a multiple choice test. We don't believe in it. That's not the form of education. Right. You know, it's like, this is what's going to move the needle for you. Right. So focus on this. Like you're going to, 
use all of our decades of experience between the two of us and all of our other partners who have helped contribute. And it's like, they've all said, Hey, if I could have just done this one thing better, you know, it would have worked, you know? And so like, those are the, those one things are the things that we teach. And then we provide them with the structure to do it. But then the most important thing is we also provide them with the level of accountability that no one else is able to, has they been able to do. So what is that? Like, what does accountability look like? So it's because adults hear that. And it's just like, so it's fun. So we've made it into a game. Okay. And so there'll be different prizes for different levels for doing different stuff. Um, that the schools will have that we provide that the schools will be able to provide through us. How cool. Yeah. And so, so it's not accountable. Like you'll get in trouble if uh, you don't you do re- it. That's what I hate things. about school, right? No, you got like, bad grades. You're grounded. Well, grades themselves are dumb. And what's cool grades is like, dumb. even my Thank partner you. who's in there, he, he agrees. Right. Which is so you, the principal. Correct. Oh, wow. Like that's, what's been so fun is because like, I am very almost like anti financial advisor because I feel like the industry is broken. We talked about that. Right. He thinks for education in its current structure is broken as well. And he's 100%, you know, so it's like, how do we, how do we bring this to people to where they actually get stuff? And then how do you have fun with it? You know, so we'll have, you know, social media actually is going to play a big part of the course. Wow. Um, no, it's, it's going to be really cool. I mean, you might change a lot of, I mean, our goal schooling based on just on this model, we have a big goal. We want a million students through our course. It will be so fun to track the success of the students. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just the areas that they're in. Like, I just keep thinking if you do this in, you know, a rundown or, or a poor area. Like, so, for example, my partner, he all of his schooling in New York. So, he's really tied into the city of New York. So, our first scholarship that we're going to, tr- we need to raise enough money to do it through the charity is going to be to put, I think it's 60,000 kids in New York city through the course. Wow. That they don't have financial literacy. They don't have any financial mentors. They all are coming from, you know, underprivileged areas. Right. And to be able to do that, like talk about an impact, like it's going to be well, crazy. That, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Cause it's, you know, you, you look at a lot of those areas and it's, how do I say this without getting in trouble? It's like you talking about the abundance mentality all the time. Mm-hmm. There, it's like you got to, you know, in some of those places, it's like you got to take what's yours, not sh- hold on to it, death grip. You're, you're just trying to survive. And you're just trying to survive. Yeah. It's, but it's like if everybody starts, because you don't, you don't need a lot of money to be smart with your money. Like, Smart is smart, right? A principle is it's a principle. Discipline is discipline. 100%. And that's, you know, I remember in like third or fourth grade we did, and I don't know if they do this still, but it's like they gave us a little stock market education and then we, you know, they brought a bunch of newspapers in because that's where all, you know, that's yeah. where we used to look at stock prices. It's like, okay, you get to pick a stock like of a company that you love, you know, everybody chose like Disney or whatever else. And then- there's 10 imaginary dollars and we'll see how much it is at the end of the week. Like, do they do stuff like that anymore? No. Like, and it, I mean, but that was, that was it. Like that is literally the only financial education I got in third grade. And it was in third <laughs> grade with a newspaper 
But it, but that, here's the thing: like even my college education was built around studying cases from the 80s and the 90s. Like, what good is that going to do? Zero. You know what I mean? And so it's funny, like a good friend of mine, he runs a massive financial company. He's like, my senior year of college at a really, really powerful university was the first time that he actually got like financial literacy. Jeez. You know? And people can say, oh, I have this and I have that. It's like, no, if... There, there are classes that are taught, but they're just so not effective. And the other side of that is who's teaching it. Right. Like, is a college professor, is a high school teacher teaching it? And have they experienced wealth? <laughs> right. Who, like, like, what qualifies them to teach this class? And that's the other thing. It's un- I would say most teachers aren't qualified to teach the subject that they're teaching. Well, it, that's just the one they, they drew. And it's unfair for us to expect it. Oh, 100%. You know, it's unfair to expect that the schools are going to be able to provide wealth training and financial right. training because the, some like teachers are some of the most exploited people from financial professionals because they, you know, anyways, there's a whole other la- layer of that. But I was going to say, I wanted you to go down that lane. <laughs> I was excited to hear what that was. So that's interesting. But, but that kind of, to your point, that builds off of like, the GameStop thing on what happened. Right. Because everything now is so social and so like, what are we going to do? And, oh, this is what's happening. Oh, I'm going to miss out. And everyone thinks that there are these these secrets. And, right. You know? But there are. They're not secrets. It's just they get the information faster. Right? I mean, people, that that's their life. Like, they are... I they mean, get, just well, read about those terminals. Well, right? they get more information. Right. In fact, you know, so yeah, but here's the thing. Well, and they know where to look. Here's the, the thing though. You don't need to compete with that. No. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, it's, I, it's like this day trading phenomenon that everybody's into. And it's, it's, it's cause it's this scarcity mentality. It's like, if they're making all that money, that means they're taking it away from me. And that's actually not the case. No, not at all. You know, the GameStop thing was fascinating. I think it was awesome. I think just because. If for nothing else, a lot of people finally learned a little bit about the stock market and a but little they, bit about investing. See, I don't think they did though. Well, I, but they, it was think, more than it was more than they knew before. They're at least paying or, attention to stuff. But right. the problem now is they're all looking to TikTok and Reddit for all of their information. Right. You know, I don't know though. Have you looked through Reddit? There's some pretty there's some pretty sharp people on there. No, there are. There's it's I mean, you have to know what you're looking at. Like it's and you have to know how to filter it. And that's the other thing our course teaches is how to filter information. Right. You know, because that's the other thing you in our world is there's just so much. For sure. Well, that's my barbecue classes. My barbecue classes are four hours of breaking your bad habits. Yep. Because you learned I know the stuff that has the high because the stuff that has the most views gets pushed to the top. Mm-hmm. And so I already know the 10 or 20 videos you're using for each meat that yeah. you're, you know, learning how to cook. And I'm just basically coming in and trying to like start you fresh and change your perception about time and temperature. And so you're doing the same thing I'm doing, just, exact in a different, same, just in a different space. Right. Well, the exact same thing. And it really needs to cut across all education. Cause like you said, it's just so, it's so antiquated. Like, I don't understand why we still teach the way we teach. Why are kids in school eight hours a freaking day? I was just, two hours of homework. I was just talking to Jen about this. 
So because of Corona, they've had to, at least our school, I know every school is different at our school. What they did to solve was they just cut school by an hour. So it's just an hour less. What's that going to do? But here's, uh, here's what I said. I mean like that they did that for COVID. Correct. Like thinking it's less exposure. Yeah. Oh, good hell. But my thing is like now they've got a year on an hour less. Why are you ever going to add it back? They right. haven't missed anything. They've still taught. Like, oh no, it's so like, inefficient. Like, like it'll just... it'll be really interesting to see. Like if next year, if the vaccine and everything's gone, do they go back to quote unquote a full school day? Right. And Excellent. why? I you mean, know? what is it? Finland that has like the happiest country every year, and their kids go to school like three hours a day or four hours a day now, with no homework. You definitely don't and have the happiest scores, moms if well, that's the case. Right. <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, and and that's true, but it's it would be so interesting to average out what what an elementary aged kid Can't like what what are they how much information are they taking in per hour? Like how many minutes per hour are they actually listening and engaged? Yeah. I'll bet it's under 10. It'll be interesting. Uh, like, just do it smarter. Like, be more efficient, quicker. Yeah. And then, anyway, that's a totally different topic, but. So that's also coming with our financial stuff. Right. So, because we want to start having different topics, right? Sure. To be able to, anyways. So, well, and you should. And that's, like, we, we're just kind of, it's so mind-numbing. And kids are so different now. Like, they're still teaching the same way they taught when you and I were kids, but I feel like we have so much more information. Like we should be tweaking our school systems now. Well, so what's funny is if you go back and I I've actually learned this from my partner, if you look at the origins of education, it was designed to take a farmer and turn him into a factory worker. Right. That's 100%. But nothing has changed since then. That's what I'm saying. You know, you're absolutely so, right. You're teaching everybody to be an employee. Uh-huh. Because that's what that's what it was designed for. Right. And it hasn't changed at all. Like it's crazy. How is that? It's crazy because my partner he talked about how the higher up in education he went, like his masters then to his doctorate, it became less and less structured and more and more about a body of work. He's like, My doctor, I didn't have any multiple choice tests. I didn't have <laughs> right. He's like, it's the absolute worst way, but you have to do that at the lower levels because how else can you efficiently test thousands and thousands of kids? Right. You know, and so that's that's where it's like there's been a huge push and like Harvard's done a ton of stuff. They have like an innovation lab where they're testing these new ways to educate. And it's fascinating because it's completely, completely against and different than the current structure and system. It, what's nuts is like we had Oregon Trail on computers when I was in elementary <laughs> yeah. school, right? Now kids have every encyclopedia that ever existed like at their fingertips, mm-hmm. but we're not doing school any differently. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And look what's happening to our, well, it's like the testing. Like what is the motivation for most public schools? Like testing, curriculum, Money. funding. Dollars, yeah. I do this not because it is teaching the kids or well, educating the kids. I'm doing this so I can hit parameters to get funding. Well, and it's it's the only structure in which they have to work, right? Like if you're a public school, you can't go out of that box. It's such a conflict of interest. Though. It is. It totally is. Like you, whenever money, they're concerned about funding and not about 
education. Well, no, because to them, funding is education. Because if they don't have funding, then they have to lay out staff. Their classes right. get bigger. So it, there is a direct correlation. But the, there's the government withholding funds if you don't teach a certain curriculum. That's what I'm saying. The problem is the structure in which it's built. It's not the schools aren't doing it like with bad intentions. Oh no! It's just that's the that's the only way they have. For and so. Sure. You have to just work with what you got. Yeah, I'm talking politicians right now. I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not talking school. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. 100. percent It's just crazy that it's that old system is still in place. Like, and you look at our healthcare. You look. I mean, how many things are are the U.S. like dropping in the rankings every year? And it's like, well, because we're not adapting. Mm-hmm. It's just like what you're doing. I mean, it's if they would do. If they would treat every subject the way that you guys are trying to launch curriculum for financial literacy, yeah, it would change everything. Yeah, even this is why I've railed on colleges. Like colleges are even worse mm-hmm. because you're actually charging money to come to conform and just follow these yeah, tests. and to come take high school again for two years so we can make an extra forty k, and then like you said, like you get in the higher you get in your degree. Like that's what college should be. College should be you jump right into your major. You don't go and do math and history and social study. Like you don't go to high school again. It's like if you want to be a lawyer, you jump right into law. Yeah. And so it's so inter- it's such a wormhole. Well, yeah. Like, like it's just never ending. You could just go down the wormhole talking about so all this stuff. Yeah. It'll be really. But financial literacy will trump everything. Right, well, like I think it, it's like, so important. Well, it's that one skill that every single person who's alive can get better at. So, I still want a tactical answer, though. Like, what's so? What would you say? Let's say the mentality's changed. Mm-hmm. We've educated the parents, the teachers. Like, what's the first thing with? How early is this starting? By the way, like, what's the youngest? What are the youngest age groups that will have access to this course? I mean, anyone will get access if they want it. We're but like, what grade should like you we're start? Pro- we're probably targeting, we're probably targeting high school junior and seniors, probably as young as we have in mind. Now it could change, but it's because you're at that age is when you start kind of managing and making financial decisions. Right, like you get a job, you get a job, you have to pay tax. You're a lot of you, you're going to graduate and you're going to move out. Right, you know, so it's it's that transition into becoming kind of responsible for your financial decisions that this course is aimed at. We have some ideas on like other courses that we can do for like grade school kids. That's the thing. I would think like middle school, like if you could, grade if you school, could start learning school. how to like save money a few years before you can get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Like what a leg up. Yeah. And so like those are coming. We felt like the most impactful way to start is kind of in that age group. 100%. And originally we were just thinking high school kids. And as we've, we've done like a lot of like focus study groups with kids. I mean, we even have mid twenties who are like, I don't know any of this stuff. Like this is really oh, important. I guarantee you have a ton of people our age that, don't. you know, and so like the, the like student they put stuff in savings account. Like if they save anything, it's just going into a, like a rainy day fund, right? Not even that. A lot of them don't even know the difference between checking in the savings account. Jeez you know, or like how to access it. Like I remember even we've had people talking about like, what's a credit card. And they're like, Oh, I thought that was just like free money. <laughs> I saw that on a TV. Have you ever watched uh Schitt's Creek? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it's S-C-H-I-T-T. Yeah. Everybody relax. But yeah, they they the whole story is this rich family goes broke. They bought this little town years ago as a joke because it was called Shit's Creek. And yeah. Their last name is shit. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> the son just starts, he just, packages are still coming every day. He goes, where did you get money? He goes, it's on this. And he holds up this credit card. He goes, well, how are you going to pay it back? He's like, well, I don't know the money. It's like a gift card. Like the money's on it. I don't have to pay it back. And you know, he's 25 or whatever. I'm like, it's probably, it would probably shock us how many people actually think. I would say that. the majority of people, especially high schools. Here's the other thing is very few parents have discussions with their kids because they don't feel like they're ready for it. Right. And What's crazy is finance is the number one taboo subject in any house. Even over sex? People would way rather talk about their sex life than their financial life. Really? Think about it. If I asked you right now, no, you would, it's tr- I guess you would you're right. much rather talk about your sex life than how much you have in your savings account. There wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. You're totally right. I didn't even think about that because, well, it's just like me and you. Like uh-huh. I've been saying for how long... Like I need to hire you to be, you know, my guy, but I haven't because I'm just like, what if he thinks I'm a total idiot uh-huh. when he sees what's there? Uh-huh. But I am starting to feel better about myself after this discussion because <laughs> I didn't realize so many people were didn't know anything. I mean, not even a thousand bucks in your bank account. Here's the crazy <sighs> thing. Like, I think it's less than half of retiring Americans have less than $25,000 saved. God. That's sixty years old, and you have twenty five thousand dollars or less saved. What are you going to do? You're screwed. Yeah, and that's what that's that is what you know. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Right. If we continue down the same path, the same education, all of the same things we've been doing, the results are going to continue to be the same, which are going to be so bad because. Even now, at least some people had a little bit of a pension and some social security. So there's something. These kids coming through, who knows what they're going to have. They're not going to have that. You know what I mean? Like pensions don't exist anymore. Social security, who knows what's going to happen with it. So what are they going to do? Like it is fully your sole responsibility to provide a retirement. Well, and you know, you wonder with this financial literacy, how much, you know, you look at like 2008. Uh Uh-huh. Like if people knew what they were signing, you know, it's so easy to, to blame the lenders, but they were the ones that weren't regulated and were able to do that. So you can't, it's like the school thing. You can't really blame them because it was totally legal what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But if half the people in the and US they, like me. And they thought they were helping people get into these homes of their dreams. Totally right. Like I signed a jumbo loan, like in six months, we'll verify your income because I was doing summer sales. I had stated it. Nine per cent. And as soon as the crash happened, they wouldn't help me out with payments. Uh-huh. No, but knowing what I know now, I would have laughed at my lender. Uh-huh. I'd be like, nah, I'll just keep renting. We're good. Like, And that's just like that right there. Like everyone thinks, oh, renting is bad. No, it's not. It's not. It is definitely. Better than paying 9%. It is definitely not bad. But like those are the types of like what is your framework for that decision? And I mean, even like, because well, we were all taught that correct. real estate's a goal. Like you'll never lose money on a house. Like that's what we were all told. Yep. 
And I think I lost $150,000 in, in less than a year in value of my, on my house. But they still wanted me paying like three G's a month, whatever it was. It's crazy. And it's like, how did I not? It seems so simple now. But we want to get to the point where we don't have to make that big of a mistake to learn. Yeah. Sheesh. Okay, so what... So what is that first thing? We, we're we're talking cash. to a junior, a junior in high school. It's the first, you know, what's the first lesson we're trying to drill in? That cash system. That's the most important thing. Where is your money going? Knowing, knowing where to put it and how much should go to certain things. So can you give a broad stroke on... Super broad stroke. Let's the, say a kid makes 100 bucks a week. So super broad stroke. So the cash system stands for the C is categories, A is automation, S is savings and H is happy because you have right. to uh, you have to enjoy the system. So right. categories you have your needs, your wants, and then your saving and investments. Super broad stroke: fifty percent needs and wants, twenty five percent savings, twenty five percent um. So fifty twenty five twenty five. That's a super super generic answer to at least provide you a baseline. Wow. Of where you need to be starting. I could help a lot of adults too, <laughs> yeah. right? What's the fourth one again? So savings and then what's... So there's three categories. So right. the, so cash is categories, automation. Um, so like automatically like pulling some out correct. of a check. Like, like you need to have automation like set up to where it's out of sight, out of mind. It just happens. Right. Um, Which is so easy now. Yeah. Right? With all the apps. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's one of the first things that we teach and there's a whole lesson behind it and teaches kids how to do it, how to set up these accounts, how to, what you should automate with, you know? So, I mean, that's one of the first things. The other thing, honestly, is they need to start paying attention to their credit and building See, that, building me, their that's credit. That's the big one, right? So like if, and this is where a lot of people don't know, and this is where once again, it's, it's not fair to everyone, but if you have the ability to get a joint credit card with your parents or another guardian, do it. It builds credit. Or just get one in your kid's name. You and, know. and have it. So there's a lot of credit cards that don't carry balances. They have to be paid in full every month. Right. You start with that and put $100 on it. So you spend 50 bucks a month on that. But that starts to, one, establish the habit. And then two, it starts to establish credit. Right. And as broken as credit credit score is oh it's so broken holy crap and there's three of them and none of them not one but once again is like the other it's the world that we live in and so right. you have to learn the rules of the game and so we teach you the rules of the game so you can win right as opposed to just being mad about it learn the rules of the game for sure for sure well and it's so much easier now right mm -hmm. like with all the credit monitoring and everything else see and i think that's huge like teaching a kid compound interest yep it's like, dude, if you just put 50 bucks in an account, if, even if it's just that. The two most important things that people don't realize, the secrets of being wealthy are compound interest and time, and they're one and the same. Right. Wow. See, this was awesome. <laughs> I knew this was going to be good. I, have, I could ask questions for days about this stuff. We ought to do another one and let our listeners send in some questions. You know, next time we do a recap, we should yeah. do a follow-up to this. Yeah. And based on this conversation, like, let's pick the 10 or five biggest questions or most asked questions. Yeah. And just go through them because, oh, man. It'd be so fun. And It'd be huge. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's the whole goal of this. And 
like I said, it's, it's coming really soon. It's been, it's, it's going to be so exciting. It's kind of been secret, but it's kind of now like really going to happen. Right. And You're now, far enough into it that yeah. you can start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, that's a ton of work, but how cool to have the expert in academics yeah. and what you do for a living. Like yeah. that's kind of the perfect marriage, right? We're, it, we're very uniquely positioned right. to teach this, which is kind of cool. How hard is it to get it into schools? Like to get it put as part of the curriculum? Because they have so many mandatory things that they have to. So honestly, that's going to be like a very secondary thing. It's just people have just reached out to us because of my partner's background. Right. And wanting, everyone's wanting this. We don't know exactly how we're going to integrate with schools or when that process starts. It'll be a lot easier with like private and charter schools at first. So I mean, our so as we start, it's mainly just going to be like to individual people. Like you'll just go online and get the course, or the charity. I think is going to provide a lot of scholarships for kids. Like I think that'll probably be the biggest distribution is through that. Um, and then the charity's got a whole bunch of other cool stuff it's going to do. But yeah, the school thing it's it's fun. But it's a that's like phase two for sure. Right. Wow. Well, I'm excited. That'll be awesome to see. All right. Now we get to turn the tides to you. Oh yeah, barbecue. Yeah. How long have we been going? Fifty minutes. Oh yeah, we can. My answers won't be as fun as yours. (laughs) So you wrote down a note. I want to know what your note was. I have. Well, I was. I have some basic questions. What are, because give me one because here's everything's like well do you need to learn how to cook I'm like no I have cam <laughs> <laughs> well I feel like so I mean, I mean the most basic of basic things a hamburger a, a burger that's always a the chicken first. breast right. and a hamburger which is funny because it's nothing to do with like ribs or brisket that that's a whole meat is meat you know what you I mean? either cook it but there's so much misconception about. Oh, it's you can't have any pink, or oh, you're going to get sick from this, or temperature of this meat compared to That's that meat. Totally true. You know what I mean? And so I think the number one thing, the reason I don't cook meat more is because I always overcook it because I'm always scared. I don't trust myself enough right. to know when to stop. Well, and the FDA makes us all scared to death of salmonella. And yeah. I mean, you got to be aware of that stuff. Like it's, it's funny, like kitchen standards are bad. Really? Like at home. Oh, yeah. People like, <laughs> I, I feel like anybody that has to feed children has to, should have to take like a food handler's permit class <laughs> just about like cross-contamination and raw meat and all that stuff. But but yeah, I mean, it's, it is fun. It's probably like the financial literacy thing. Like to me, it's all kind of second nature now, uh-huh. but you forget how many people can't cook a hamburger. I I will raise my hand. All right. all of my hamburgers are extra well done <laughs> because I never. It's because like I'll flip them. Like that's probably done. I oh, will just leave it just a little <laughs> bit longer to be sure. <laughs> you know, beef is funny because in the U.S., I'll go to any grocery store and pop ground beef into my mouth raw. Like that's it's so the gross. most over. It's tartar, man. That's like a delicacy in France. I remember watching the show The Prophet and they were it was a meat packing plant. Uh-huh. And the meat packers they would do that fresh out of the thing they would just grab and just eating it raw. I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa. Well, it, it's funny cuz so beef it's a lot less susceptible to you know yeah, foodborne or airborne just, whatever. Okay. It doesn't 
but it's also the most regulated. So like you can't process beef in this country without a USDA inspector like there. Okay. Which is really weird because it's by far the least dangerous meat as far as like foodborne illness goes. But with beef, you just know that if it's on a grocery store You're shelf, okay. it's been regulated like crazy. Okay. But, but with poultry and fish, totally different. Like, not that it's not regulated. It's just those can hurt you a lot okay, more. Okay, so the, the beginner, me, how do, I, how do I cook the best burger? So temperature is, well, one, stop cooking frozen patties from Costco. <laughs> like, get ground beef and actually make a patty. I do that now. Oh, good. Let's see. That's the the start. And then it's just all meat quality. Like meat quality is the number one thing that I always talk to people about. Like they don't realize there's better meat than others. Right. And so. Are you meaning like the percentage like fat to lean? So with a burger, yes. That's a big part of it. Like a lot of people want lean and that's okay. You just have to remember the less fat there is, the quicker it'll dry out. Yeah. So if you're cooking like bison because you want to eat lean. Yeah. That's fine. But you better have something like a thermopen. So we have this awesome company here called Thermoworks there in Linden, and they make the best like cooking temp devices. Let's get them on because I, I need one of those things. I've got a bunch kicking around. They're a hundred bucks, which you know they go on sale sometimes, but and they do have a starter version that's called a Thermo Pop. Okay, that's like twenty nine ninety nine. It just it takes about six seconds to give you the final temp. Okay. But, but the pen, you just like it's just like a needle almost you put into the burger, it. right? Yep, and it just gives you the temperature in the middle. Like chicken breast is the number one thing you'll as far as meats. Okay. Like all these devices work for bakers too. Like I talk to whenever I teach my barbecue class, anytime you do a casserole with chicken in it, everyone puts their stuff in the oven. Yeah, based on a recipe, mm-hmm. and the, you know three fifty for twenty minutes. But here's what nobody tells you. An oven to have to be a UL, a UL listed oven can swing forty degrees above and below the temperature you set, you set, but not have to show that on the dial. So just because it says three fifty, it actually could be three ninety all the way down to three ten. So when you put a casserole with meat in there, yeah, and you say twenty five minutes, that's usually on the, the overdone side. Okay. Like the time that they put in the recipe, it's just like you, like, oh, let's just be sure it gets cooked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you have a thermopen, because you're cooking a casserole with, if it has meat in it, you want to make sure the meat's done. Yeah. But as soon as it is, pull it out. So it's like, if it says 25 minutes and you take your little meat thermometer and you poke it in the chicken and the temperature's right and it's only been 15 minutes, you're done. So m- meat temp is everything when it comes to baking or grilling or okay so what are the temperatures this is going to be the most valuable thing (laughs) of this whole podcast what are the temperatures so there's also a ton of misinformation about this there there totally is like so white meat i go to 152 it's that exact what what is like the 165 to 170 normal that's what they think it is so why why is there a difference why well, because they just want to be dang sure just they kill extra everything. Sure. Right. Like, Got it. It's just legal stuff, right? Okay. But you destroy meat. I mean, they say 160 for beef too. So 152 for chicken. For light meat. Light meat. Breast meat, right? Okay. And then 10 more degrees for dark. 
So there's more fat in it. So what's breast meat? Just chicken? Turkey. Uh, turkey. All poultry. Right? Use really lame in terms with me. I don't know what breast meat means. <laughs> so it's the white meat. It's every bird has its breast. Yep. Right? Like you go to KFC. Yep. And you ask for a breast, like it's the so, white so meat. So it's chicken. It's what else? Chicken and turkey. We'll just call it those two things. Okay. But I mean, a lot of people eat dove, pheasant, ducks. Okay. It Duck is all dark meat, so it takes a little longer. It's just okay. a much fattier meat. But we'll just stick with chicken and turkey. Got it. That's what most people cook. Okay. So 152. I go to 152 internal temperature for light for white meat or breast meat, and then 162 for dark. Okay, so is it better? Is I'm just going to use a grill. Is it better to cook on a lower heat for longer? So no, or for a higher heat for shorter. It's all temperature. It's if you're grilling, higher heat for shorter. Like one of the best tricks you can use for grilling is have a cool spot on your grill. So sear. Let's throw a bunch of chicken breast right over the fire, nice and hot for a few minutes on one side. Do you ever turn the chicken and it sticks to the grill? Mm Mm-hmm. That's because you turned it too early. Okay. If you let those grill marks set up, they won't stick. Okay. So, so how do you know when to flip it? Just wait three minutes. Like, So the number one thing you have to do is turn your grill on 20 minutes before you're cooking. Okay. Or if you're using charcoal, wait till the coals are all lit up. Okay. Like you should be able to put your hand over the grill and bur- it, it would basically, if you hold it a couple inches above your grill grate, Uh huh. you want it to like... You want to be able to pull away your hand within like three or four seconds. That's okay. hot enough. So for you, it's like thirty because you have no feeling. Well, yeah, you yeah. have no feeling in your hands. <laughs> my palms still kind of feel it. <laughs> yeah, my fingers. I don't really feel hot anymore. But, but yeah, you want to make sure your grills four or five hundred degrees. So right when you put it on, it's you know you want to hear that sizzle or that sear. Okay, and then you flip it again a few minutes. But if it's not done after that, then take, put it over to a side where there's no direct flame. And now you treat it like an oven, right? So you're just bringing the internal temperature up. But if you keep it right over that open flame or that direct flame, it's just going to dry it out. Yeah. And so like when I cook steaks, steaks, I'll sear them really hot two or three minutes aside. And then I've got this upper rack on my grill. I'll put them up there, turn the flame off right beneath them. Okay. And just shut the grill and let them go for another 10, 20 minutes, whatever it takes to get the internal temperature up. So like Ruth's Chris. Yeah. Everybody loves Ruth's Chris, right? Yep. That's how they cook. They they sear their steaks at like 800 degrees a minute or two aside. Okay. And then they put it in a little, um, like a little, uh, what's the, like a porcelain dish. Okay. Um, or a little cast iron type dish put a stick of butter on top of it and put it in the oven and they finish it in the oven. Interesting. So there's no direct heat on it. It's just internally bringing the temperature up. So with a steak, when people are cooking things like rare, medium, rare, well done, is that all, can you know that by temperature? Oh, with, that's with, the like, easiest way Without to know. cutting into it? Never, ever, ever, ever cut into it. Ever. I cut into even my burger oh, to make sure my no. burger is done. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Listen. See, you feel dumb about finances? I'm going <laughs> to own my cooking skills. Listen, you, we're going to talk about this will segue into one other thing that nobody does. So when you put meat to heat, all the moisture is going to get sucked to the middle, uh-huh. right? 
So what happens if you cut into it? Just you lose all your moisture. It's gone. Okay. So with burgers, there's a way. This will be hard over the microphone, but there's a way to just feel. Like Gordon Ramsay does it. Like if you if you feel the fat part of the, your base of your thumb, right? That's medium rare. So like even your burgers will feel like that. Okay. And that's the highest you should ever cook a steak. Nope. Ever. Nope. But I know there's some of you morons out there that like to cook it hotter. Yep. So medium is like middle of your palm. Okay. And then this is like well done. Tip of your nose. Interesting. So if you want to just go off feel, you can. Now chicken breasts though are totally different. Like chicken breasts, if so, you want to cook them perfect, you need a temperature device. You what, need a thermometer. So with steak, give me just a rough idea because I'm not going to feel it and feel comfortable with that. I'm going to end up cutting into it. Right. So oh, give me a temperature. Me. One, me a, so 132 to 134 is medium rare. 132 to 134 mm. is medium rare. Now one thing that I don't want to get too confusing, but... Meat will, when you cook meat over high temperature, it'll continue to cook once yes, you take it off. It will continue to yeah. cook. So you're not taking it off at the finished temperature. You're taking it off a couple degrees early. How much to, to see this? Is awesome. So that's why I say 132 to one, you know, like 132 is where I'll pull steaks and then it, for medium rare. And then it will cook another couple degrees after right. it's off. Right. Okay. Unless you're outside in the winter. So those are just good things to know. Let's say I let it go to 136. Yeah. It's okay. Pull it off, but leave it out, like stay outside in the cold. Okay. So it'll hurry and stop cooking. Got it. So, so what's, or throw it in a fridge. So what's for a medium? So medium is like 138 to 142. Okay. And then after that, the thermometer shouldn't even work. So for me, it should be shut my down. My medium well done. <laughs> what do I cook it to? I, oh my gosh, really? Are, <laughs> now, are you doing that because that's what you actually like? Or are you just scared of getting sick? Whenever I go to a steakhouse, I'll order my steak medium plus. Oh, why? No, why is the, why? Like, what is that? I'm not saying why combatively. So I, I genuinely want to know, are you scared of getting sick? No. It's just a flavor thing? I don't like the look. <laughs> of a rare steak <laughs> or a medium rare like it's too bloody i don't like that it's not bloody it's just pink and so just do medium will you just compromise and just just do me not plus you gotta get rid because you are like the steaks that you're ordering the best if you go too high the fat is out so all your moisture all your flavor it's gone well i'll try it <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I get it. If people are worried about it, I get it. I'm not worried. But about see, this is sick. just like financial literacy. Sure. Like you're told as a kid, like, oh my gosh, that's not done. You're going to get sick. Uh huh. That is so not true. Now that's true with chicken. Yeah. If you cut into chicken and you see pink, like stop. Yeah. Like stop right now and make them go. But cook with a burger or a steak? No. Dude, I will eat ground beef raw yeah. right off a grocery store shelf just to prove it to people. But it's, oh, just, it pains me. Every barbecue I go to where people are making burgers, they're always just so dry and hard. And it's like, what's the point? So that's, I, that's my house. Oh, man. It, this, it's funny. Like when I'm not here, I don't want to cook. But I all like whenever I go to barbecues, I tend to just <laughs> take over because 
even with a frozen Costco burger, right? You got to remember like those are pretty much done for you already. Yeah. It's like a hot dog. You just have to kind of heat them up. Yeah. But if if it's not a little smushy in the middle still, like you want it to just be soft in the middle Yeah, when you're done. And it's normally people are just frying those things. Yep. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it. My next steak I get, I'm going to order medium just, just for medium. you. Or just come over and we'll do, like, I'll cook you one. We'll do like three. We'll do a medium rare, a medium, and a well done. And we'll we just kind of do a blind taste test. Okay. That'd actually be really like fun. Like the to same try. cut of meat. Yeah. We'll just get like a New York strip. We'll cook it three different temperatures. And you have to let them rest. So that's the other thing, people like chicken, burgers, whatever. If you're not letting that meat sit for five to 10 minutes when you're done cooking, just like on a plate, just on a plate room, like just like what I'll, what I'll do is if I'm cooking burgers or chicken breasts, I'll put them in the house okay, and just kind of tent foil over them because okay. I don't want them to like get cold. Sure. But I also don't like if I seal the foil, they'll keep cooking longer. Yeah. Right. So I'll just kind of tent foil over them. But you'll see like at the bottom of the plate, if you let two or three steaks or five or six burgers or three or four chicken breasts rest for five or 10 minutes, all of a sudden the plate will fill up with juice. And that's because you've taken the meat off the heat and now that that meat will relax and redistribute all the juices that it took to the middle. Okay. And so it's, it softens, it's better chew, it, the moisture's in there. So if you cut it when you're cooking it. See, you're saving people's lives right now. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to. Help. I am. I'm trying to help. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm hungry too. <laughs> I always tell people. They're like, "Well, what rub should I use for this?" I'm like, "It doesn't matter. Like, if, if you, you want to be wrong, better, it doesn't than, matter. Right. Put salt and pepper on a good steak, and cook it correctly. It will it's be so better than like, everything what, else. Like, what's the best investment I can make? It's like time. Just put something in the market, and yes. that's way better than choosing the right stock. It's the totally exact right. same thing. It is. It's the same. Like, and get a thermometer. Like, get a good meat thermometer. We have the best cooking thermometers on earth. They're based right here in Utah County. Can we not get? We got to reach out to these guys and get some type of like affiliate they'd give code. Me, they'd give me a code. I've worked with them for a long, long time, and they're because we're going to sell a bunch company. of these freaking pens after this episode. Yes, we are. So you can go to, so they have a, a shop in their warehouse, or you can go to Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. They're amazing too. Nothing online? You can get them on, I mean, you can get them on Thermor, Thermorks for sure. Yeah. But if you just want to go buy one and pick a color. Oh. There's lots of different colors. We should make a nitty gritty pen. A barber. Uh, they might make us a few. Therma pen. That would be kind of cool. That would be awesome. They're a big deal. That's kind of, I do have five Bam Bams Therma pens. They put logos on them for me. That was like the day I knew I made it. Yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> so rest. So good meat. Okay. Proper okay, te good proper meat. temperatures. Does that mean, do I have to go and buy it? Or can I buy good meat at Macy's? Yeah. 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 Macy's, Harmon's, Costco, Sam's Club. Walmart? No. Okay. Target? No. Okay. I mean, they just everything's big supplier cheap as you can get it like beef there's grading systems okay do you, should we talk about that yeah what is it so when you go to the store you'll see usda select okay usda choice okay oh yeah I've, I've seen those before so those are all marbling so the higher the grade 
the more marbling it should have. It doesn't mean that it will always, like sometimes there's no difference between a choice and a prime. But so, every, so say those three get in order. Select. Is the bottom. If you just see a USDA sign with nothing else, or it says USDA select, that's your bottom of the barrel. That's your bronze metal. Now this is just beef. Okay. Right? If you see choice, that's next. That's silver. Which is good. So choice is silver. But if, if you, there's also like certified Angus uh-huh. choice. Yep. Like if you see the cab logo or the certified Angus beef, mm-hmm. that is also a much better beef. Okay. Just make sure it's not like certified fresh beef because they kind of, there's companies out there that are like mimicking so you want the CAB So you want logo. certified black Angus? Certified Angus beef. If oh, You don't Angus have to get beef. it. If you see it, if you see that, logo then that's it's it's good meat okay but that could also be choice or prime got it so after choice is prime and prime's the best prime's the best just like amazon prime that's how you're going to (laughs) remember so everything all my brisket here is prime okay most restaurants would never they're using choice probably choice or select okay yeah um so that's that's beef now with chicken it's not really any the only thing that you can really look at is what feed it has, like if you're into organic or if you're into, you know, that, that cage feels too free, complicated whatever. for me. Yeah, I'm not too into that. Chicken, the trick with poultry, because there's no fat content in a lot of poultry, it's all about temperature. Just cooking it to the right temperature, it will, and then resting it for a few minutes. Could I? Can I cook a? You'll good, never mess up again. Can I cook a good chicken breast on a George Foreman? Hell yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It just, won't be as good as a grill because the grill adds a little more flavor, but okay. no, you can cook as long as you don't overcook it. And it's all about temperature. Yes. Okay. It is all about temperature. So you're just take so like a chicken breast. And remind me what the temperature is, 152? 152 for white meat, okay. 162 for dark. Now a chicken okay. breast tapers, right? Like there's a thick end and it tapers down to skinny. Yeah. So you can either like, if you want it all to cook evenly, you can like pound it out and like flatten them a little bit. Okay. Um, but the best thing is just to put it on the grill and kind of like compact it. Like if you stretch it out, it makes that thin side even thinner. Okay. But just like put it on and kind of push it together. So it kind of so evens all, out all from the one chicken side we to the eat other. and you're going to love this. It's all frozen chicken breasts. Right. So just let it completely thaw and then you want to let do it that? completely thaw for sure. Okay. Cuz it'll just slow the cook down and the outsides will be dry and the inside will be it'll just it won't cook evenly. Okay. So yeah. So if you're taking the temperature, do you take it on the fat end or the skinny always end? The, always the fat cuz if the fat side is the right temp, then everything the else skinny is going to be okay. gonna be a little higher, okay. right? So always temp that thick side. Okay. But yeah, go buy a thermopop. Go buy a thermopen. What's a what's a pop again? The pop is just the start. So it's a six six to like seven second readout. But it's a pen, but it's still like a it's needle a, you yeah, put it's in. Yeah, still a little needle, okay. and it just has kind of a round top. That's why they call it thermopop. Like, okay, it's like a popsicle or a like it looks like a sucker. So the almost. only difference is it just takes a little bit longer. Yeah, the thermopen is like waterproof, lights up. The screen is amazing, and it's instant. It's like two to three second readout. So, so if you're cooking ten burgers. You can just pop it in each one. Okay. So, and then learn your hot spot. Here's another, here's another fun little trick. Like if you want to learn where your hot spots are on your grill, like go get some of those Pillsbury biscuits. Uh-huh. 
and you can just, just turn your grill on low, right? And put those biscuits in like a grid pattern okay. and watch which one cooks the fastest. And you'll know where the hottest spots on your grill are. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes for your Traegers too, like anybody that's barbecuing. Okay. So we can talk about that at another time, but yeah, there's grilling and there's barbecuing. Yep. Like grilling is like, think steak. Yep. Your, or prime rib or tri-tip chicken. You're cooking high heat to the, a done temperature. Where barbecue, you're taking a fattier cut of meat, cooking at a low temperature for a long time, and, and basically rendering the fat out so it falls apart, like pulled pork or brisket. So any of you that's cooked with a crock pot, that's barbecue. Yeah. Like you're taking a roast, a chuck roast, which is you would need a chainsaw if you tried to grill it. <laughs> and you're melting and rendering out all the fat so it falls apart. Yeah. Like that's, that's what barbecue is, just with smoke. So we can talk about that another day. But grilling is the one that most people need help with. And get a decent grill. And keep it clean. Like that's the other thing is the more like junk you let build at the bottom, you get fires and hot spots and it's just so hard to manage. And so, yeah. But all you need is a foreman. Like you brought up the foreman, like you can cook great food on that. Yeah. It just won't have kind of the smoky flavor you get with a grill, but but yeah. See, we're just changing lives. That's all we do here. Yeah. We, we Hopefully just people lives. cared about that. I don't, I don't know if they did, but. Well. It, it. I mean, if you know how to cook, everybody should know how to cook one thing really, really well, right? Yeah. But everybody... For me, it's scrambled eggs. Love, <laughs> right. Well, and get on YouTube. Like, just make sure it's a reputable person. Like, my favorite scrambled egg video on YouTube is Gordon Ramsay. Like, <laughs> okay. try making those. They're amazing. Yeah. But there's also a lot of bad information. But everybody loves hot dogs. Hot dogs, burgers, burgers, and chicken. Chicken. You know, it's... But they're all very not created equal no and very few people know how to do those simple things yeah properly yeah and so they just get a basic grill which listen if all you have is a basic grill that's fine as long as you just learn how to use it are watching the meat a little closer yeah but yeah turn up the temp let it get hot so that's the other thing like with a burger how often should you flip that? Because I probably flip my burgers like I 20 times. Once. I'm watching it. I flip it. I watch it. And I flip it. No. So from here on out, flip it one time just to get sear marks on both sides. That's scary. And then, and then pretend it's an oven. Move it somewhere where there's not direct heat. Shut the lid and just let it finish like you what? would in an oven. So like what temperature on the grill should you be? As hot as it goes. For, for a the, burger? Yeah. Really? For sure. For the searing part, yeah. Interesting. Like you want those, you want to sear it. Lock so like how long does it in. take? To what? To sear it. Well, it's just that two to three minutes aside. So, and if it still needs to cook after that, that's where you move it to the cool area. Okay. Or a lot of grills have that upper shelf. Uh-huh. Now remember, heat rises. Yeah. So just because it's on the upper shelf doesn't mean that it's safe. You want to put on the upper shelf and turn off a burner or two. Okay. Or you can put like foil under it or something just to kind of block that direct heat. But at that point, you don't want to have to flip it And then anymore. you're just, well, because I flip it and then I'm cutting it to see if it's done in the oh. middle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> see, Cam? That's I, the equivalent of me saying like, I'm in, I went and got a cash loan <laughs> at a payday place and I bought some GameStop stock. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that awesome? <laughs> 
It's the that's the exact same thing. I know. It's you saying you're cutting into the meat, and especially I'm, with poultry. And I'm openly telling you about oh, it. I'm not ashamed to tell you. It just makes me realize I'm not I'm good a at lot everything. Further ahead in the financial department than you are in the cooking department. Oh, there ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's just like lessons from our fathers, right? Uh huh. A lot of our dads did not teach us how to grill or cook properly, so we just think we throw it on there and make sure it's done but what a disgrace like i mean listen that was a living thing at one point let's not let's not disrespect we're, it de- we're defiling it. all this yes <laughs> like man they fed it a certain way for three or four years got it just right all these people that spend this money on like sh- really yeah. expensive meat that's like homegrown grass-fed and then i just throw it on there and just pssst. and you just destroy it yeah okay. like some like Harmon sells wagyu now so wagyu Everyone's pretty familiar with that now. It's like the American version of like Kobe beef. It's a different breed of cow and it's a much higher fat content. And even the lowest grade Wagyu is still above prime. Oh, really? So it's just more buttery. Like it's amazing, but like learn to cook a couple good burgers first and then try that. Like you can kind of spoil yourself because now you know you're not going to destroy it. I can't wait to grill. I'm going to be so good. Grilling is so fun and it's so easy and it's pretty healthy. Like if yeah. there, there's nothing you can't cook on a grill, hardly, right? Well, I, I want to do another one of these things to do things that we can make on like a Traeger or smokers. Yeah. Because there's all sorts of cool stuff. Like I see people posting all sorts of crazy crap they're cooking. I'm like, how do you do that? You can literally cook. A Traeger is an oven. Yeah. I mean, all barbecues pretty much are. I mean, it's just adding a different layer of flavor, but but there's still no replacement for a good grill. Sure. For the quick stuff. Yeah. Like burgers and chicken and turkey, fish. Like there's a way to do all that. But temperature, temperature, like that's everything. If you will not go past those temperatures, you will have like juicy and you rest. You have to rest it for a few minutes. Temperature and rest. Temperature and rest. A nice hot grill and you won't ever screw up again. Okay. And if people really liked this, then maybe we can do a few like videos. Yeah. I I was just going to say like the only way that we can get feedback, you can obviously like send us an email. I don't know that that actually works. It works. Brent always forwards them to us. Go to our go to our Instagram, the at Nitty Gritty Show, and let us know if you have questions, if you liked it, if you want to hear something else. Because I love talking about it. You love talking about it. We can do this more often. It's if, hard to if talk about when someone says about they it. cut into the meat when they're cooking it. We'll do a video <laughs> of me making a burger. No, we'll we'll definitely video the taste test. It's like it's like we're gonna me, do that. It's like with. Or Gigi and I told him I hit popcorn. Oh, totally right. I just do the Let's popcorn sensor. Let's team up sensor. with them. Let's go do that video up at oh, their Oh, that would be kitchen. fun. That would be awesome. Yeah. And then we can talk about like meat selection too. That's the other big one. Like when you're buying steaks, everyone wants the pink pretty stuff. That's the worst stuff to buy. You want to see a lot of fat in the meat. So we'll do a video of what that looks like. Oh, Because when yeah. you're looking at a bunch of steaks, like... The, the grade means a big deal. Like if they have prime there, you're most likely going to get a better steak. Yeah. But I'll show you a video of a choice and a prime that the choice would probably be better because it has more marbling in it. Marbling is flavor. Interesting. Like that's what you want. You want marbled. So yeah, we can do some fun videos with this. 
And it'll get more people to my classes. Maybe we just started a new segment of Nitty Gritty. It's, I mean, we are both experts in a field. We kind of do know a little bit about what we do. I would say we know a lot. <laughs> and it is true. We, we talk to everybody else, which is great for us because sometimes it sucks to, sometimes it gets old to talk about. Yeah. But this was fun. No, well, this was fun. It's just when it's not your choice. Like if I'm at Costco shopping with my kids and somebody's like, hey, I just bought this brisket. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Oh, don't do that, please. Please, please, please. Unless you hand me like a $100 bill and say, I really want to do this perfect. Will you tell me what to do? I'll be like, gladly. Thank you. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for all yeah, the supporting was, and listening. And This was fun. I really want to hear some feedback on this episode. I'd be super curious because we've never done anything like this before. It's true. Like recap is usually usually just means we don't have a guest. Uh-huh. But this time we wanted... This a, was intentional. This was a very intentional episode. Yeah. And it would be cool. Like I am happy to make a few videos. Like sure. if there's... Well, same goes for you. Like what totally. apps are the best? Like what apps can I use with my kids? Yeah. Like the, we will answer them. So if you, totally. if you have questions about this one, send them in. Yep. And we can either do some video responses or talk about it in the intro next week or whatever. Yep. Anyway, thanks guys.